top five stocks under $5. Here are some cheap stocks that you need to know about. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. This episode of the Beam Pod is sponsored by KyberSwap. KyberSwap is a DEX and DEX aggregator, which is built to facilitate all your DeFi needs in one single platform. Fast, cheap, and safe. User experience is KyberSwap's sole focus to make everyone's life better in DeFi. Welcome to the Bean Pod. This is Shane, aka the Jolly Green Investor. And this is Josh, the Nifty Investor. Today, we're going to be revealing the top five stocks under $5. Under $5. So these are a bit cheaper. Um, you know, you can grab a couple shares and own a bunch bunch of shares in the company, mm-hmm. you know, for a cheap price. So we figured we'll highlight, you know, maybe five stocks each. Yep. Give you a quick rundown as to why we like them and some catalysts that could you know send them up to 20 bucks 40 bucks and the great thing about a lot of these stocks is they didn't used to be under five dollars mm-hmm. because the stock market is in the pits right now and you know buy low sell high so some of these stocks used to be 30 40 50 60 bucks but now because they're 90 percent down they qualify into this under five dollar category which could potentially make the gr- for a great entry yeah so september absolutely smashed stocks mm. down yeah and historically it's been that way and we highlighted that in previous episodes uh especially leading up to now what could be potentially a midterm rally right which we've historically seen a lot of you know great gains after the midterm elections um so just remember though like cheap stocks d- isn't necessarily indicative of like a low like it's a good value they're just cheap there could be problems with their balance sheets etc like yep. keep in mind because they are a bit cheaper, they're also more risky as well. For sure. But high risk, high reward. All right, let's jump right into it. My first one is Uranium Royalty Corp. The ticker is U-O-R-Y. And we've kind of t- t- talked about this subject a bit in the Discord and Twitter. It's it's kind of like a green energy play. It's nuclear power. So if you look at what's going on in the world right now, there is an energy crisis. North America, Europe specifically. Like things are getting bad as we head into the winter. And then if you look at what people are saying, so... Elon Musk himself said that electricity demand will double by 2040, and he said nuclear power has to play a heavy role in meeting this demand. Then you look at what countries are doing around the world. Finland, UK, France, Germany, Netherlands, and Japan have all announced they're going to be spurring and throwing money into nuclear development. Some of them are refurbishing old plants that were previously shut down, and some of them are building new plants. So I'm looking at uranium plays because uranium is the source for nuclear energy. Um, and yeah, it's, this is a, a company that's had much higher prices in the past, but when you're looking for a company in a sector that has tailwinds, nuclear energy, I like uranium royalty corp. And nuclear ener- energy is actually the cleanest form of energy that exists on the planet. Mm. It just has a bit of a bad connotation. Exactly. Nuclear, right? But, uh, I also think Canada just announced, or Justin Trudeau now announced, uh, like a $1 billion package for bringing nuclear energy to Canada. There you go. Well. So yeah. My one of my picks we've talked about in a previous episode. You might have it on your list. I don't know. We don't know if we have each other's same, yeah. same or not. But is Interscope Hearing Technologies right? Um, this is this definitely under five dollars. It's closer to a penny stock, but regardless, uh, for me the biggest catalyst has been the White House announcing that you can now buy hearing aids over the counter. Previously, you had to go see a doctor. You had to. Uh, 
get something subscribed to you. And the problem with that, though, is A, there's a lack of doctors right now because a ton of people have been wiped out from the pandemic. Number two is there's like this negative connotation attached. It's like, oh, you have to go get your hearing checked. You know what I mean? So now you can just discreetly go into the store or wherever you're going to get it from, Walmart or something, buy them and walk on out. So you've eliminated the, the barrier to entry. You don't have to go see a doctor. You can walk in, you can buy them. It saves the customer now so much money as well. So this is a company whose uh, net revenue in Q2 grew from 400000 to $7 million. And their year-over-year revenue from forty-seven thousand to seven point three million. Right. So the fact that they've got the White House passed this bill that allows Americans to purchase hearing aids over the counter, the stigma attached for, attached to going and seeing a doctor has been eliminated. It's cheaper. I think in time this stock could see some really, really good gains. Yeah, it's the same thing as, as not financial m- advice. Not financial <laughs> advice. Yeah, uh, it's the same thing as the last one. It's like it, you want to look at sectors that have tailwinds. So they've got this new legislation. They've really just started launching their product and rolling it out uh, across America. We've talked about this one many mm-hmm. times before on our Penny Stocks episodes. Um, I also own some IND, so yeah, I think it's a great pick. Mm. All right, next up, I have a company called Rackspace. Mm. Uh, the ticker's RXT. It's an enterprise infrastructure and cloud solutions company. So again, a sector I really like is cloud. And some of these cloud companies are absolutely beaten down. Now, what's interesting about Rackspace is they, they've kind of gone from their legacy data storage um, business, which is good and solid and it's profitable, but it's not growing very much because everything is going from hardware to the cloud. But they've pivoted now to now start to offer cloud-based data storage solutions and cybersecurity, two sectors I really like, cloud mm. and cybersecurity. So now they're helping public companies and private companies bring their cybersecurity and data storage into the cloud. I think uh, cloud, cloud computing market size is expected to hit 1.6 trillion by 2030. So I'm looking for hidden gem plays in that space, which again, have tailwinds from two industries I love, cybersecurity and cloud. So Rackspace is a good pick for me. That's where everything's going. Everything's going on the cloud, right? Yeah. And then, you know, we talk about war or whatnot. Sometimes it's not just the physical war, it's as much as it is the cyber war. And I think, I think that's a great space. And yep. when uh, the tech sector comes rolling back in, that could do really well. Definitely. Uh, one that I have on my list, I never thought I'd ever have it on my list. <laughs> like in a million years. <laughs> what is it? Sundial. Sundial. Oh <laughs> yeah. my God. Yeah, wow. I know. I know. I know. But when you when we do the, the research that we do for these podcasts, and you know, Shane and I do thousands of hours of research that go that goes into like all our podcasts combined uh it just started to make more sense to me it's a brand name that everybody knows it was a meme stock play yep that received a ton of hype so first of all it's it's a familiar name but they were smart enough to utilize like that the short squeezes that cur- occurred and sent their stock up so high they ended up using that money to do a lot of different things that i didn't quite know about so what they did is they purchased uh, Alcana. So now they're in the liquor store business. So they have 170 locations across British Columbia and Alberta. They make up 17% of the, mar- of the market segment for liquor. So this is 66% of their net revenue. So they actually make more of their money now from liquor than anything else. Right. I didn't know that. I thought this was just strictly a marijuana play. However, they also still have the marijuana business. So all the other businesses right now in Canada are failing because they 
tried to price gouge, you know, the, the taxes were too high and people were still just ordering from their dealers, right? They weren't going to these shops. So they're starting to fail. Mm. These guys have a cash flow now from their liquor business, but they still have 190 locations for marijuana across Canada. Right. Here's another thing I really like about them. They have uh, a, a joint venture with Sunstream Bancorp. So what Sunstream does is they provide loans to U.S. cannabis, cannabis companies uh, because they can't get funding from the banks. Okay. What happens here now is that Sundial is now associated with Sunstream, so they're now providing the loans to companies in the U.S. Nice. So they're receiving revenue from this as well. The biggest thing that, uh, you know, there's a company called Ianthus in the U.S. They went belly up because of predatory loans. They couldn't afford to pay them back. What's so good about this now, because Sundial is actually a cannabis operator, if these companies default on their loans, they're now going to start acquiring their equipment and their sp- their space. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I, they had their money from the liquor. Yeah, they've got some interesting they place got a lot going of stuff on. going on. Yeah. Plus the potential tailwinds from this rumors we've been hearing about marijuana legislation in the states. You know, Biden tweeted about it. It is kind of becoming a hot topic again. So whether that happens or not, the hype-based plays can come back into favor. So something like Sundial, like you said, everyone already knows it. So even if that doesn't happen, it could still see a run-up. That's right. Yeah, exactly. That has a catalyst of, you know, especially around midterm elections where they're trying to swing votes. Mm. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting play. All right, my next one is actually one that I think you mentioned it for the first time in the show like a year ago or something like that. Uh, it's called Matterport, uh, right. MTTR. So it's a 3D um, kind of metaverse graphics space capturing company. So what they do is they, it's, they bring physical buildings into the metaverse. So you could, they're modernizing real estate by allowing landlords to build these, you know, 3D models of houses that either are built and they're showing online or are not built yet, you know, for 3D modeling. Mm. Um, They're already generating about $130 million of revenue annually, which is not a huge amount, which is why their valuation is so low. But if you think about where the, the space is going, 3D modeling, cloud, metaverse, all this kind of stuff, their technology can be used in, you know, real estate, retail for buildings, hospitality, insurance, anything that provides needs these 3D modeling um, kind of things for whatever use it is. They were already working with Netflix, um, Vicasa, which is like a kind of like a booking.com slash Airbnb. Right. So they're doing modeling of like Airbnbs or whatever it is to, you know, bring people into these places before they book them. Um, working with Procter and Gamble. Um, and two of the largest hotel companies in the world, Waldorf and Astoria. Hmm. So they've got some big name clients, and I feel like they're just starting to roll this technology out. I think virtual reality and augmented reality in particular have huge tailwinds going forward, as you can see what all these companies are are starting to step into this area. And I think Matterport is potentially set to capitalize on an emerging trend, and one that not a lot of companies are doing what they're doing. Like they are what you would call a pure play in the VR, AR 3D modeling space. There might be some bigger companies that would have these smaller, you know, Microsoft or smaller divisions, but these guys are focused on that. And another good thing about that is they are a great um, target for acquisition Mm. for a larger company that sees the potential in this space. You know, maybe a Microsoft or an Amazon. It's like, okay, we need to start implementing this into our services. We'll buy Matterport. And usually when you're holding the stock and a company gets bought out, it's pretty good. Exactly. No, I I like that play a lot. I mean, it is something we have mentioned in the past and we both know how big the metaverse will eventually be. I mean, it's it's pretty much going from 
two D web screens into three D web like web pages. Yep. Right. So you're just gonna be exploring a web page, but in virtual reality, if you're a business, it makes sense to just all right, let's copy and paste it. Like, like let's take an actual three D image and bring it into the inter- mm-hmm. internet, and that's how they're gonna do it. Exactly. Perfect. Uh, I have this company that I actually did a video on them um, recently, and I f- I thought it was quite interesting. The technology. It's called Heartbeam. Uh, ticker is B E A T. So it's a cardiac technology company that has developed the first and only 3D vector ECG platform that detects heart attacks in real time. Wow. So the reason I went with this one is because they're the first and only doing it. This is medical grade, real time heart attack detection. And if you go and look at the data right now, there is a lot of people having heart attacks. Mm. Um, So here's some numbers for you. 18 million people in the U.S. have coronary artery disease. Um, every 40 seconds, someone has a heart attack. And there's a 40% increase in death, if not dealt with, in the first three to four hours. Damn. So people will, if you're, ha- like, I, my dad had a heart attack. And at first, he just thought it was, like, indigestion or something like that. He survived it, but it could have been a lot worse. And there's a lot of people who, you know, oh, something's wrong with me. I don't really want to go to the doctor. I just, I'm sure it's fine. That's three to four hours that could pass and can lead to a death. But now you can get real-time detection and figure out if you actually have it. With the amount of doctors leaving the space, you know, because of the pandemic and all that stuff that we mentioned before, I think this is a, a good play to have, especially with um, what's happened with the coronavirus. There's been a huge uptick in heart attacks due to the coronavirus itself. And there's some indication that the vaccine is also contributing as well. Right. Um, so with a trend that's kind of going up and we see doctors falling off, I think that people are going to need a real-time detection for these heart attacks that are occurring. So it's a device? It's a device, yeah. Right. It's a company that makes these devices. Okay. Um, so cool. chest, chest pain is the number, number two reason for ER visits, and it costs the U.S. $10 billion a year. Interesting. For these visits. I like it. And they're not actually heart attacks. Very cool. Yeah. Good play. All right. My next one is is a name I have mentioned before. I did a swing trade on this earlier in the year, um, but now it's come back all the way down and starting to maybe look attractive again. Uh, App Harvest. Mm. So it goes along, you know, there's an energy crisis. What else is going on in the world right now? A massive food crisis. So what App Harvest is, is it's vertical farming. Uh, So they use, they build these facilities with shelves and artificial light to grow produce at a very minimal space and water usage. So you can do it in small spaces in cities. You don't need these huge farms. And it uses a fraction of the amount of water that traditional farming uses. Right. Um, so when done correctly, it can actually produce up to 30 times the yield of traditional uh, agriculture with the same input of land and water. So if you think about you know the way the world is moving, we need to find innovative ways to produce food for a growing population in a lot of countries with potentially less space available than before. Mm. Um, so they've, they've only started doing it with, I think, tomatoes and maybe a couple of other fruits and vegetables. But if this, if this technology can potentially be scaled out to a whole host of different things, um, I think they just won, they won some sort of like tech ag innovator award, which has now started to put a bit of a spotlight on the company. Um, they went public via SPAC in 2021, which most of those companies <laughs> have completely cratered. And yeah, don't get me wrong. This is a speculative play, as a lot of these, you know, cheaper stocks are. Um, but I look for, I'm looking for stocks that are in sectors with tailwinds, mm. and I think food and innovative technology in that sector could potentially be something that could explode over the coming years. 
So for me, App Harvest, it's down around like four or five, you know, four dollars. It's been as high as thirty. Um, so yeah, it's it's maybe looking at a, a potential buy zone for App Harvest. Absolutely. I mean, there, you're right, you're right. There's a, t- a lot of catalysts coming up with the food shortage and energy crisis, and I think too when the summer rolls back around, it could we could start seeing more uh, eyes in, into that space. Yeah, and one of the cool things about App Harvest because you can grow the food in smaller spaces. You can also grow it a lot closer to where it's consumed. Mm. So, you know, shi- you know, we always talk about shipping and supply chain. Well, the avocados, they're grown in Mexico and they get shipped to Canada. Right. That's a big shipping. But if you, you can use this technology to grow avocados 20 minutes outside the city in a warehouse, a tiny little warehouse, well, then you get them same day. Right. So it's it like, solves a lot yeah, of those yeah, supply yeah. chain issues. With the cost of gas and all that stuff too, petrol, yeah, that's huge. So another one I have, we've discussed it uh, a lot uh, over the past couple of years um, in the Discord, et cetera, is MindMed. Oh, yeah. That's an, uh, old, an old favorite. It's an old favorite. Um, it's, we, we always try to find stocks that are just like really beaten down, right? So this one, surprisingly, is actually under $5 now, which is, yeah, surprising. Like I said, um, leadership team, chief financial officer from Barclays, Morgan Stanley, uh, the CMO is from Pfizer. The CCO is from Johnson Johnson. So they have a really big, like, big pharma background, right? Uh, especially with the two banks that I mentioned as well. Right now is a really difficult time for a lot of businesses. I uh, look at their balance sheet. They have a cash runway that goes through into 2025. I like these biotech plays because when you get through, like, clinical trial one, clinical trial two, and then you get to three and then you can finally get out to the, to the masses. Each time something occurs where the trial is successful and it's passed, mm. the stock sees a, a huge spike. Yeah, yeah. And just recently, Cory Booker, who, who's the member, member of the Senate, is calling for fewer restrictions in this space. Right. So it's a somebody in the Senate who's now advocating for this. Um, and the good thing, the difference between... Uh, this type of medicine versus the marijuana industry is the fact that they're strictly going after the medical side and they're not trying to do recreational. So big pharma can still make a lot of money from this as well. Yeah. I mean, look, MindMed, it's a, it's a psychedelic medicine play, right? We, we used to talk about this stuff all the time. I was debating, I'm putting it on my list because, you know, we did really well on that trade in 2021 MindMed when it was at a couple of pennies or something. Mm. Um, but the, re- the only re- I do like it, and I still hold I, ho- I still hold some mind med. The only reason I didn't is just because the psychedelic medicine space. It's still it's I think it has so long to go. Like this is a long term hold. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I am also seeing it from like the fact that people are starting to go off the rockers a bit. Yeah, <laughs> just from you know the pandemic a from sitting at home all the time and all this like, recession, recession yeah. and interest rates. So. You could, I could see it from the way that America would probably do it. Mm. And what's that guy's name? Michael Berry, whatever. He bought like that prison stock. Yep. So it's either put people in prison or, and make money off of it that way, or try to solve the root cause problem and make money off it that way. Yeah. I mean, look, I like the fact, I like psychedelic medicine, the fact that they're, they're trying to solve things like anxiety, depression, substance abuse, PTSD, mm-hmm. chronic pain with different things like mushrooms or, you know, all these other kind of crazy drugs that crazy drugs in quotations, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's just, it's a new way of doing things. And yeah. the clinical trials have shown very promising results, especially they've done some with war vets coming back PTSD. They've completely changed their lives. 
very promising, which is why I hold some and I love this stock. But yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, I I don't disagree that it could take some time, mm-hmm. but this is five five stocks under five bucks for sure. No, I like it. And uh, if you, depending on your investment horizon, if you know, if you're somebody who holds things for three to five years, yep. then no, I like it. I like that you mentioned it because I was it was right on the border for me, and I was like, I've talked about this stock a lot, but it's always nice to have another reminder yeah. discussion about my med. Oh, I see the one that you have on your list, and that's actually on my list, and I didn't put it on. Really, is this <laughs> last one here? Yeah. Okay, so this is my last one. It's uh, it's a crypto mining company. So yeah. these crypto mining companies are absolutely beaten down. Mm-hmm. Like these things were up, you know, flying in the highs in the bull run, and now they're trading at fractions on the dollar of what they used to trade at. So the one under five dollars I have is Hut Eight. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a crypto mining company, been around for four years. In the last bull run, it went from 80 cents to 20 bucks. So that's a 25x. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin went from th- about 5,000 to 69,000. So that's a 14x. So when Bitcoin rips, the Bitcoin mining stocks actually rip at a higher multiple. So if you look at where Bitcoin is now, still, you know, around 20, 21K, it's pretty low. If you think that we're going to have a potential rally here for Bitcoin, it could be a swing trade from now. But even moving forward like if you think bitcoin is going to get back and and go above its all-time high then this is a good long-term play if bitcoin gets back up to 100k within the next three four years this thing's going to go from i don't know whatever it has a couple of bucks now up to 25 30 bucks yeah yeah um so they have a strong balance sheet they've expanded their business without taking on a lot of debt they've uh, and not selling a lot of their minted bitcoin um, one thing they had to do was shut down their ethereum mining because of transition to proof of stake so their business took a bit of a short-term hit there but they'll be able to reallocate that capital towards other crypto mining. Um, and so one thing that's happening, it's interesting with Bitcoin miners right now is their cost per coin per mining, because when the price of Bitcoin goes low enough, the miners are, can lose money because their say their cost per coin is 18,000 and Bitcoin goes to 17,000. Well, they're losing, money, yeah. they're losing money. So it is something to watch in the mining space where Bitcoin is now at 21 something. It's, it's still above. So it's okay. But if you are investing in crypto mining stocks, it is uh, worthy to watch that cost of mining because that could present some trouble. But that's why they're so lowly valued right now. I saw for Hut 8, their break even is around 18,000. Um, so if we do happen to go back under um, like that 17.5, I think that we hit, mm. then that, that's when they're kind of in danger. Yep. Um, one of the biggest issues right now is the energy crisis that we've, we've discussed. And you don't know what's going to happen with the energy prices moving forward. You know, hopefully we can get those under wraps. Uh, but you're right. The Bitcoin having could be an absolutely massive uh, catalyst. Uh, I own Riot, like that's the one. But yep. it's under five bucks. I w- I did want to go with the crypto mining company. Yep. And there's been some crypto mining companies that have been going out of business. So this is a good thing. If Hut Eight can survive, right? Then it c- puts them up there with Riot and Mara to be another huge huge player in the space. I like it. Uh, last one I have here is Lion Electric, trades on the ticker LEV. Oh, yeah. This is a Canadian manufacturer of midsize and primarily focuses on heavy-duty vehicles in addition to buses. So the reason I chose this is because there's not a lot of other companies who actually manufacture buses uh, that are electric, fully electric at least. The U.S. has a $5 billion clean school bus program that's ex- that's really accelerating this. This is they just built a million uh, square foot facility in Illinois, and their net profit, net income, and revenue is all up a hundred percent year over year. Um, so it looks pretty good. It's got a market cap of six hundred mil, and they're do- doing the first Made in America series 
uh, for their school buses. It's an old SPAC. That's it. Line electric. I remember back in our SPAC days when yeah. we were just picking SPACs and all you have to do is just pick a SPAC that's an electric vehicle and you just instantly make money. Yeah, yeah. I think Line Electric, that was one that we used to love. Um, they had a partnership with Amazon, I believe, to potentially make buses. I'm not sure if that actually came to fruition, mm. but that was one of the catalysts which yeah. sent that thing to the moon. Yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, I hey, look, I like electric vehicle plays. As the Jolly Green investor, I'm so always looking I'll at that kind of stuff. I have to bring one in. Yeah, 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 for sure. No, it's interesting. I like it. Well, look, I mean, we've, we've outlined some, some pretty interesting plays. I, li- I like the fact that we've kind of highlighted a bunch of different sectors which have tailwinds over the next, like, five to ten years, whether it's clean energy, electric vehicles, crypto, uh, the, the 3D modeling, the health, hearing aids, yeah. the health, everything, uh, food, energy, everything. So... That's kind of a good way to do research in general. If you're looking for crypto or stocks, find sectors that have catalysts and then look at the names in those sectors and you can you know, go under $5, $10, whatever you want, then research on those individual companies. That's a good way to find gems. Yeah, that's actually, I, I used a uh, little secret app yep. uh, to find some of these. So. I like it. Well, maybe we'll talk more about that secret tool in the future. <laughs> All right, hey, make sure you guys like, subscribe, and tune into the next episode. That one's going to be a banger. All views expressed by speakers on the Bean Pod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the Bean Pod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only.